0: But then the next question is, what is your why? And there's a gentleman in Albuquerque um, that has a program called the nine whys. So I'm studying that. And my wife just reads really random, weird, deep things. And she goes, that sounds like the Enneagram. So I'm like, what is the Enneagram? So I went to, and it's not the same thing, but the Enneagram is based off of nine personality types. And when I got into that, it just took it to another level. And the reason why it's especially because it goes past the what it goes past descriptive characteristics of a person and goes into their core motivations into their um uh motives so it, it it's a fascinating study in that and i think you know simon sinek was very pivotal in helping people to focus not just on the what but on the why so in an example is you know instead of just describing somebody as being an extrovert or being um liking to be in control or wanting to be a perfectionist, it describes why they want to do that.
1: Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman.
2: We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related.
1: All from different perspectives. And today, our focus discussion of the week is increasing sales with the Enneagram of personality.
2: But first, let's dive into our top topics of the week, and I have a really important one. I want to have a great debate that has nothing to do with any kind of presidential election. Uh-oh. G-I-F. G I F. How do you say that word? This I mean,
1: it's really simple. It's GIF.
2: I totally agree with you. And that is the answer that I give as well. But you will find <laughs> that many of our listeners are going to disagree with us. So what we want you to do is comment on social. We want to hear G-I-F, jif or gif, because I have to tell you, I think this might be a generational thing because I'm hearing a lot of uh, gifs around here. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, they're wrong. And it's I totally Jeff. agree. It's 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 pretty much that simple. I totally uh, agree,
2: but I want to hear from our audience because this is really <laughs> important, and I want to make sure we have this debate we <laughs> set the record straight. Matt and Molly both agree it's Jeff.
1: It's Jeff. Bring it. Anybody <laughs> who says otherwise, uh, let's see what you got. All right. Uh, all right. So we are super excited because this week we have our special guest Quint. Lears, And again, he's going to be breaking down the Enneagram personality type and really how you can understand the different types of personalities and how you can really adjust your sales presentation, your talks, you you know, your interactions with people as a whole, not just selling things. Um, And Quint has a ton to share. I, I think he's been studying the Enneagram for like for about five years and is super, super passionate about it. Um, He actually used the Enneagram sales style in his talk at the sales rally. And then he gave a separate talk at IBS that was dedicated solely to the Enneagram personality test. And so we invited Quint to come in because I know Molly and I love talking about why people do what they do and how their brain ticks and just really any type of insight into why people are who they are and why they do the actions that they do and then how we can better interact with everyone. So we're really excited to have Quint on and he has tons and tons to share. So we are going to dive right into our talk and bring Quint in because he's got tons to share and it's really great information. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then we come right back. We're going to dive into our focus discussion of the week increasing sales with the Enneagram of personality with the one and only Quint Lears. So hang on and we'll be right back.
2: All right. And we're back. We're going to dive into our focus discussion of the week, increasing sales with the Enneagram of personality. And we're so excited to have our buddy, Quint Lears, here with us. Welcome, Quint.
0: Super excited to be here. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Matt.
2: So we've actually talked about you on a couple of our previous podcasts. We're really excited to discuss the Enneagram with you and how you apply it to sales. Um, we have, you know, we want to hear about all the energy that you brought to Sales Central on this specific topic. And we both have so much to learn. And before we start, uh, we actually took our own personality tests. And that's something that our listeners can do after they listen to this uh, podcast. So we we may want to give them some resources so they can take their own test as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll actually, Molly. We'll put the uh, we'll put the link. There's a free version uh, of the enneagram that you can take. We'll put that in the show notes, uh, and highly recommend that you do that. And then if you want, that's one of those. They like, give you a shortened report for free, um, and if you want the full report, it's like twenty bucks. And I did I did the twenty dollar full report just to kind of see it, and then we'll get into that a little bit as well because I actually sent my results to Quint. And, uh, we might do a little mat evaluation towards the end and we can see how messed up in the head (laughs) I really am.
2: (laughs) I love it. So Quint, we're glad you're here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're going to talk about today and our audience wants to hear from you.
0: Yeah. Well, first, thanks for having me on the program. And yeah, I love sales. I always have since like I was a kid, I love people, um, I've always been fascinated by human nature and human beings. I actually grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. And so I've always kind of looked at people like, what's going on with this person? So I've I've, I've become kind of versatile with working with various personality types. So I've always been drawn to this kind of thing. Uh, when I found the Enneagram of personality, I felt like I just went deep dive and it kind of explained it, helped me understand myself, other people, conflict. And as default, it's maybe... Uh, become a better sales professional, marketing speaker, just all around. It's helped my marriage. It's helped me as a being a dad. And it, it's a lot of fun. So I highly recommend just getting into it. it, it it's a deep dive study. It's not easy. It'll take some time, um, but it's worth it.
2: What is the Enneagram? I mean, we are starting to hear it more and more. I've seen, you know, a couple posts on social media. It's becoming more popular. Uh, but you've been talking about this for a while. You actually sent me a book a while ago about the Enneagram of Parenting. So, can you just tell us what what is what is the Enneagram?
0: So, a couple things. I was introduced. To, I've been studying it for I think going on about five years, and uh, my wife is the one that introduced me to it. I was studying this other thing called the nine whys. So remember the Simon Sinek book, Start With Why? Yeah. Oh yeah. That kind of got me started on this journey. So I started with that book. But then the next question is, what is your why? And there's a gentleman in Albuquerque um, that has a program called the nine whys. So I'm studying that. And my wife just reads really random, weird, deep things. And she goes, that sounds like the Enneagram. So I'm like, what is the Enneagram? So I went to, and it's not the same thing, but the Enneagram... Is based off of nine personality types. And when I got into that, it just took it to another level. And the reason why it's special is because it goes past the what, it goes past descriptive characteristics of a person and goes into their core motivations, into their um, uh, motives. So it, it, it's a fascinating study in that. And I think, you know, Simon Sinek was very pivotal in. Helping people to focus not just on the what, but on the why. So, an in, in, in example is, you know, instead of just describing somebody as being an extrovert or being um, liking to be in control or wanting to be a perfectionist, it describes why they want to do that. Childhood patterns, and so the you know, one thing it will really pull out, or one of the goals, is to actually to increase love and empathy for other humans. So instead of coming in going like, gosh, that customer is really tough. I mean, they're really direct in the way they approach to me. I can kind of understand, hey, this is what they're trying to accomplish with that. So again, it goes past the what and it goes into the why. The Enneagram is really, it. Ennea means nine and gram means drawing. So it's a mix of ancient wisdom, modern psychology, and practical application. And there's a lot of different applications. Like today we're going to talk about Enneagram of sales. Um, the, the book I sent you, Molly, was the Enneagram of parenting. There's the Enneagram of management and how to coach people and marriage counseling and on and on in marketing. Um, so it's, a, it's just a profound tool to understand yourself and other people.
1: So when you say it it breaks down kind of the why, that's what you're saying the difference is between the Enneagram test and, say, DISC or Myers, uh, Myers-Briggs or, you know, the other, many of the other very popular personality assessments, right?
0: Well, and by the way, I recommend them all. And all of the DISC, okay, you can use DISC or both the Bulls, Owls, Lambs, Tigers, or the STAR or the... When I first learned it was the analyst, promoter, supporter, controller. All of those are based upon the original Greek, uh, which was you know thousands of years old. Which is the melancholy, phlegmatic, choleric, and sanguine. And there's a lot of books that were written around, around that. You know, Tim LaHaye wrote a book, "Why You Act the Way You Do." Beverly LaHaye wrote a lot of books about that. And so, kind of like if you can rename those four Greek um, temperaments, you can, you know, start. Training or doing something, you know, around that subject, and it's a the temperament is different than the personality. But I recommend studying all of it. The Myers Briggs, um, it's I think it's Isabel Myers or Catherine Briggs. There was a mother and daughter team. Th- that stuff is based upon the um, um, the, the the psychologist Young, Carl Young, mm-hmm. and uh, they added two more things: perception or I forget the, the other two that they added to it to equate it. But really, what made that one successful was in World War II. Um, we wanted to know who Hitler was. We wanted to know who, you know, who was our enemies, and what was the psychology behind that. And so that was a driving force. They were actually able to create a test, and because they had a test, it was they used it in the military. They used it as a psychology tool to understand soldiers, which which soldiers would be in best uh, career field. And then they took that and went to colleges, and it's been used by a lot of businesses. I recommend studying it because it's just a a great tool for understanding. Um, other people. The enneagram well, is just a little different, though. Go
1: ahead. No, <clears throat> I was just going to say that I think that because you said yeah, I think you should study it all, and I agree with you because in general, uh, you know, I in my career I started off in sales, uh, sold things a long, long time ago. Obviously, on the marketing side of things now, but I think that anybody that wants to get better at their craft, anybody that interacts with people on a day-to-day basis. And like you said, it even goes over into your marriage, into your family life, things like that. But I think that top sales professionals, top marketing professionals, and the list goes on and on, but people at the top of their craft are always fascinated of, of what picks, what makes people tick and why it makes them tick. Um, And so I've always been fascinated. And I know, you know, Molly and Quint, we've, we've all had that. We've actually had this conversation prior to, which is exactly why we're having this podcast. But we've all talked about how fascinating, how we're all fascinated with understanding people better so we can serve them better, whether that's the people that you know are under our leadership, or customers that we're interfacing with, or your spouse, or your children, or the members of your, you know, church or wherever. Um, I, I think that to me, it's always been a fascination of of why people tick, and that's why um, this was all. I felt like this was a, such a great topic to to cover because you're so passionate about it as, as a whole.
0: Oh yeah, man i <laughs> I go. I become kind of obsessive about things and this one I went deep dive. If you want to hear a quick, funny story, I was, uh, I mean, if anybody brings this up, I'm like ready to talk about it. We you know at this, at the international builder show, I was like, okay, Quint, no talking about the any extra stuff. <laughs> cause I can't, you know, I wanted to preserve my voice cause I just keep talking and I had 20, you know, the nationals I had to interview a bunch of people, the sales rally, sales central. So I was like, don't talk, but I'm on his bus drive home and they started talking about the Enneagram and I'm like, all right guys, I just started talking about it. Oh, but you know, I actually got shopped one time. My builder shopped me. Um, which is good. It's a great practice. You always want to see what's happening out there. Um, but it's so funny because the the story that this shopper had was, "Oh, yeah, my husband passed away and I'm here. And this is, you know, this older lady and she might my, my husband passed away, so I need to buy a house in here in Crucis. and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like, so one thing I always try to do is you know recommend things if somebody's new to town i want to recommend a restaurant oh if you need a tire this is a great place things have nothing to do with the home oh if you're new to your area you know check out you got to check this restaurant out and it's just a good practice to get into just be a person of influence that recommends things that you don't make a dime on and there's you know the selfish motivation obviously increases your your uh, influence but it's also just a good human thing to do so it just happened like the next week I was going to be teaching a class on the Enneagram to the local real estate brokers. So I said, hey, you know, like if you're in town next week, you should come to this class because I'm just thinking she's moving to town, doesn't know anybody, just lost a family member, you know. Um, and then she's like, what's the Enneagram? Like ding, mm-hmm. ding, ding. So next thing I go on this seminar about the Enneagram, you know, well, it's all been recorded. So. My, you know, my manager's like, Quint, how did you, you know, we shopped you. How'd you think you do? I'm like, I have no idea. And they they went through the questions. Like, did you greet? Did you establish rapport? Did you separate? Did you talk about differences? Did you talk about financing? It was a yes, yes, yes. And he's like, you probably think you did pretty good. He's like, let's play the tape. (laughs) And it's (laughs) just like 20 minute thing of me teaching the Enneagram. I'm like, type one is this type two is that. (laughs) So I kind of got like dinged on my shop. Um, But, but it was just a funny thing, I mean, just something funny about. It. You know, like I, I was listening to this one sales trainer who's like, you know, you got to get your people shopped, and all your salespeople are going to complain, saying, you know, oh, I don't like to be shopped because it makes me look weird on camera. And the trainer says, that's not true. It's like you look weird because you look weird. Like the the camera is how you look. I'm going to tell you right <laughs> now, it's not true. I looked like this gremlin because I'm standing up and like squeezed my head sideways. And I looked like this weird. It was horrible. Like I I felt so horrible about that. Like I didn't even sleep that night. <laughs> but um that's, anyway, point is funny. is like I'm excited about the anyway. it, it it has the potential to hijack your brain. And
2: well, Quint, uh, one of the things that Matt and I both love about you is your passion and you have- obviously have a passion for new home sales. But when we talk to you about the Enneagram, you show that same passion. I know for me, you were trying to figure out my personality type immediately, um, you know, going through the Enneagram. Um, I would love it if you can take our listeners actually through, you know, some of the different personality types. So it is one to nine. um, And just like how it works overall with your with the wings and all that if you can give us like an overview.
0: Let's break it down. So there are nine, according to the enneagram, there are nine and only nine. Um, I call them home bases or uh, personality patterns. Think of a habit pattern that you develop as a child. Okay, so it's not who you are; it's a pattern that kind of works. Think about your body; it's it's keeping you at ninety eight point six degrees, and that has no, you have nothing to do with that. It's just kind of behind the scenes controlling your temperature, your heartbeat. Things There's an operating system that controls those things. But in the personality, we know, I mean, you're around certain people, and man, this person is just different. This person's more aggressive. This person's more withdrawn. This is a supportive type. So the Enneagram um, will describe, and I'll run through each nine. Perfect. So there's one through nine, and there's not one that's better or worse. It's just they're in this order. So type one is the perfectionist. It's also known as the reformer. Two is the, the reformer.
1: V- I like it. That's, yeah. What's the song? The informer. This is the reformer. Okay, go ahead.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Uh, two is the, uh, <laughs> that's great, informer. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> hey, man, I got so Quint th- to sing on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, uh, so two is the helper or giver. and you'll um, Three is the achiever or performer. Four is the individualist or romantic. Five is the investigator, also known as the observer. Six is the loyalist or skeptic. Seven is the enthusiast, or some people know it as the epicure. Um, eight is the challenger, or also known as the protector. Nine is the peacemaker or mediator. And that's the nine types. So they break it into, and I'll describe the nine types, but let me first describe this. There are three that are in the head center, and they deal with anxiety. There's three that are in the heart center and they deal with, uh, shame or identity. And there's three that are in the gut center, uh, which they, those deal with, they have a sense of like anger and that would, that would be driving them. Uh, or they're also known as the body type. And we know this. So like we, we ask, I love Myers Barnes. He had a program on, um, YouTube and he says like, don't ask people what they think. Um, ask them how they feel because it's, you know, we don't go home and think about it. We, we go home and feel about it. But if we keep asking our customers, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Well, then they have to, we're forcing them into the left side of the brain. Well, um, in reality, and that's, that's, that's good practice, but in reality, there are some people that actually go home and think about it. Five, six, and sevens are in the head types, um, and they think eight, nine, and one are in the gut and they will make instinctual decisions. Molly, we talked about like you're able to make very quick decisions. Um, if you are in the gut triad, you can feel things with your body. Imagine a tiger or a lion. It's not like, let me think about which direction to go. Oh, the, the deer's going over there. I better go chase them that way. But what if they're not thinking their whole body is into it? They're very decisive because they're making a body decision. And then the, the heart triads, which is two, type 2, 3, and 4, they feel things in their heart. Um, and there's some exceptions to that. but um, So let me go a little bit deeper on each type. Let's start with, I'm going to start with 8, 9, and 1 are the gut center. So I'm going to go a little bit ahead and start with 2, 3, and 4. So these folks are in the heart center. Uh, let's talk about type 2. Type two is the helper or the giver. Um, They're super caring. You can like feel that they walk into a room and they just kind of have a radar tied into your needs, your emotions, your desires, and your wants. I mean, they, they can, they're almost more tuned into you than they are into themselves. They're, you know, super caring, loving, attentive towards others, and they're generous. Their key motivation is to feel loved, to be needed, and to feel appreciated. Now, each one has a key, kind of a key feature, I call it. With the type two, I call it their kryptonite. They can disconnect from their own needs. So if you ask a type two, hey, what do you need? Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. They know all of your needs, but they're in the process of disconnecting from their own needs. And um, if they're looking for a home, the type two is not looking for their own needs. They're thinking about the needs of their family, the needs of their children, the needs of their neighbors. You know, how will this, will there be enough storage in the pantry? Will there be, you know, how will this, You know, will there be will my children or neighbors if I'm having a party? But they're, they're others centered. Type three is the achiever or performer. And they're super efficient, driven, and adaptable. Their key motivation is to be admired And to impress others and to feel valued. So a type two as a child felt like um, their own needs weren't important. So they kind of flipped the script and made other people's needs the most important thing. But in secretly, they want you, they want to meet your needs, but in return, they want that person to come back and to love them. Does that make sense? The type three, Mm -hmm. type three is a little different. They um, as a child, felt like they weren't valued just intrinsically for who they were. Um, it was more about their performance. So they learned to kind of perform. And it's like, wow, did you hear Little Johnny got an A? Little Johnny was star track player. And they started performing. And they realized, wow, this pays off. But deep Thank down, they have a – yeah, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, it seems as though we kind of, in our country – Breed type three is that right or no? We want people to achieve and and value themselves based on achievement.
0: Yeah, and you'll notice even okay, not only do countries kind of take on a certain personality type or certain value, certain types are valued. um, Even companies do. So a certain culture, we talk about culture a lot. Whoever's kind of the influencer in a group, that company can start to take on um, the characteristics of that type. But yeah, type threes, I think, uh, Ian Morgan Crone in his book, um, uh, the way back to you and Susan Sable is the other author on that book, but they talk about America is like a type three, like it's the equivalent of like an alcoholic living on top of a bar, you know, like on top of a, uh, a bar where, you know, they, they, they're almost drunk with success. Like we applaud achievement and performance and success so much. In our society, whereas other side societies, societies will um, value maybe originality or keeping the peace or you know being loyal. So it's a fascinating thing that you know each each country can kind of take on different characteristics. But the type three, they're very concerned. You know, they're concerned about hey, how is this house going to make me look? How is this one? You know, uh, but really they 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 can kind of disconnect from themselves, even though they're in the heart trad. And they kind of read a group. They can walk into a room and say, what do I need to do to perform? How do I need to act? What what's the role that I need to play to be successful in this group, in this organization? They're, they're typically like attractive, they look good. They and it doesn't have to mean they're wearing like a Rolex. I've heard examples where it's like, hey, if you're a carpenter, like they know the look, like to, to look exactly like a carpenter there's one type three where he took his hammers and like scratched them all up in the ground because like he wanted it to look like he was like this hardcore carpenter, you know,
1: <laughs>
0: if they're a surfer, like they, they have their dreadlocks, just the right place. So they know exactly what to do, but they're, they're performing based upon, um, their assessment of the group, but deep down they want to feel valued. And then uh, type four is fascinating. So, uh, they're the individualist or the romantic. What's that song like? I don't belong here. Uh, Radiohead <laughs> is it? Radiohead.
2: Keep going. I, is... I can't. I don't know what it is. Keep going.
0: Cause I'm a creep. I'm <laughs> that is no it. Yeah. This the
1: name of the song
0: people. is "Creep." Okay. They feel like the outcast. They feel like like oh think Marilyn Manson the beautiful people like you're looking at everybody else like they got all their crap together and i don't uh, i'm misunderstood so these are fascinating they're actually the most rare of all the types they're very emotional they're tapped into their emotions so they look at the mom and they they kind of as a child go you know i'm not really like my mom and they look at their dad and they say i'm not really like my dad and then they go who am i and they kind of go on this journey of self discovery deep into themselves. So they're kind of like a submarine into the human emotion soul. And when they come up to the surface, they're going to have something profound. You guys know um, on newhomesales.com, I've got like an amazing graphic guy and videographer, TJ. He's a type four and everything that he does is like an outward expression of like a profound, like the emotional state. The problem is emotions are always changing. And I tell him, I'm like, sometimes I'm frustrated, TJ, because I just need this little graphic, you know, but he wants to, <laughs> he wants to like feel it. But when he does, it's absolute genius. He's t- able to tap into the emotions and the rhythms. I mean, they're just amazing humans, um, but they want to feel unique and express themselves. So here's a quick sales application. Oh, this is our most popular plan. If you have a type four, you just lost the sale completely. They will not buy it if it's the same as everybody else. So they want to know: Is it one of a kind? Is it different? Isn't it outward expression of my inward emotions? And their fear is having no identity. Um, I know type fours where, I mean, I, I'll, I'll ask them. <laughs> There's one type four is at a conference. I was like, "Hey, let me ask a question. Like, your shoes, like you know, they look pretty special." He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "What if I told you like I have those same shoes? How would you feel?" And he goes. You don't have these shoes. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> I was like, point taken. You know, got it. Yeah, but you know, so they, it's just a totally different. They're very sensitive. They're very, very like in tune with emotions and and feelings and um. Uh, they're anyway, they're just very amazing people. So let's let's transition. I keep throwing questions at me. I love that. But we're transitioning from the heart to the head. So two threes and fours are in the heart triad. Twos are kind of disconnect from their heart and connect to the hearts of other people. Um, Threes will disconnect from their heart and kind of uh, achieve what the group thinks is important. And uh, fours will um, kind of tap into their heart and bring things to the surface that are unique, beautiful, emotional. But the idea is that it's centered around the heart in a certain way. And all of them are dealing with an identity like, who am I? Two's want to be seen as loving, caring, generous people. Threes want to be seen as successful in the realm that they're in. And fours want to be seen as uh, unique, special, different um, one of a when, kind. As,
2: as you're talking about these and Matt, I'm sure it's the same for you. I'm just picturing some of the people in my life. And it, as you're describing it, it, you know, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's so obvious. You know, my son is this one, my sister's this one, my husband's <laughs> this one. So, you know, it's, it, it and- exactly. I think you can, I can see why you say it's so easy to get pulled in and, and go pretty deep with it.
0: Well, yeah. And I'll tell you, this is like, um, also, let me tell you, be very careful trying to type people. Like, I've been studying, I've read over 30 books, I've been through courses on this thing, I've been obsessed with it. I've literally, like, secretly or overtly, like, worked with hundreds of people trying to find their type, right? But be very careful trying to type people. Even with all the training I've been through and the reading and everything, I'm wrong a lot. And there's things that are lookalikes. And even when you're testing yourself, it's often real hard to get it right because of several reasons. A lot of times we're playing a role. Like, if I'm if I'm, um, if I'm taking a test and it's like, do you like to set goals? Like, heck yeah, I'm successful, you know, but it's the motivation behind it. It's the, uh, so anyway, be very careful trying to type other people, never use this as a weapon or a, um, you know, like, oh, stop being such a five, you know, Right. (laughs) like you never want to do that because it could be very, I mean, this goes deep into the emotion, into the soul of another human. Does that make sense?
2: it does and i think you totally. know something we talk about is if there's one thing our world can use it's more empathy so the whole takeaway is really not to use it again to type people but more to just like understand that people are different and there isn't one that's better or worse and that they're different and they're it's interesting more than anything it's, and and wanting to see our differences
0: well and yeah. i think of it as like a language sorry for interrupting but imagine yeah. imagine if it's like um like when I first came to Las Cruces, I tried to, I was going to college. I was like, I just need to sit somewhere, you know? And I wasn't in new home sales at the time. So I applied for Palm Harbor mobile homes, literally selling like, you know, the, the trailers, their mobile homes that, um, and, uh, they wouldn't hire me cause I didn't speak Spanish. They're like, sorry, we can't speak Spanish. So I realized like, holy cow, I need to learn Spanish. Now, if I said, why well, I learned Spanish so I could speak with people. Some people could say well, that's pretty manipulative, Quent. You know, you're learning their language to speak to them. Well, the same thing with the Enneagram. I could look at it and say, you know, gosh, Molly, this is pretty. You're, you're tapping into some deeper psychology, you know, and emotional things. Well, yes, but it, anything can be used as a positive or a negative. And I think once you have empathy, it you're going to use your powers for good. Does that make sense? Totally. So anyway, let you any Matt, you were going to say something.
1: No, I was just going to say, because I want to dive in and, and get into how the different personality types work. And I want to make sure that we hit, I think we left off at what, five, six? Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: going into five. So I did two threes and uh, fours, five. and those are in the heart. Um, so now we're or, in the head. Yeah, so now we're in the head. Five is the investigator or the observer. So you, you're just around these people, and it's like, wow, this person is smart. <laughs> you know I mean, like they have their they just feel like they're, they're deep. You're going into deep waters, but it's not in the emotions like the four it's in the head, like the five. Matter of fact, they don't even experience emotions. They literally experience thoughts and then they have to translate those thoughts into emotions. Um, so uh, type five as a child, they felt like there wasn't room for them. Like there wasn't, they didn't have their own space. I have a type five friend I said, did you ever feel like you didn't have your own space? And he goes, yeah, we had like eight kids in my family. And I begged my mom to sleep in the living room, and sleep in the laundry room. And finally she you know, relented and said, sure, fine. And then he was happy. So a lot of people, like a type three will fight for the corner office where everybody can see him. A type five will fight for like the office that nobody can see him. Because they're trying to go deep and it's hard to go deep with interruptions or um anyway so they they want to be comp they're very compartmentalized they can be isolated their key motivation is to have knowledge to have privacy and to have their own space they feel very good when they're gaining knowledge they feel bad when they're giving knowledge not like teaching it but like when somebody is learning about them they feel like kind of like their power is diminishing um they're in ang- think of a bunker, like so. Like there's three different ways to deal with anxiety. You can hide from it. You can get a bunch of team members and go, uh, you know, attack the anxiety with as a team, as a group. Or you can try to outrun the anxiety, and that's what five, six, and sevens do. Five, they try to bunker down and hide from the anxiety. Six is try to team up and they become loyalists. They're the ones uh, that c- combat it as a team, and then sevens. Are just always on the go, and they're actually trying to outrun the anxiety. But um,
2: and Quinn, I I think yeah. you're a seven. Is that right?
0: I'm a seven. Yeah, like <laughs> I am. The and you, 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 can, you can see that because I'm always on the go. I'm always and like, what's Quinn up to? He's like five steps ahead. You know, and there's there's pros and cons that each of these have a positive and a negative. But the fives, I have a, a friend who's in the FBI, and like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just at a crime scene. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, yeah. are you, you know, there's just like no big deal to them cuz they're just, you know, counting bullets or something, you know. So,
2: Yeah. It's okay. All tell academic us, tell for us them. about the gut now. Tell us about 8 9 and 1.
0: Okay. Um, real quick, let me let me just summarize 6 and 7, okay? Okay. 6 responsible. So there are a lot of sixes out there. They're the ones that when they come back to your model home, they're going to bring their cousin and their aunt. They're looking for like uh, reassurance. They're looking for um kind of a group decision, right? They're they're very cautious. They're suspicious. They're team oriented. I have a a type six customer and he's always wearing Cowboys hat. I'm like, so you're a Cowboys fan. He goes, yeah. I go, he goes, I have a flag that I put up every Sunday. I said, what if I paid you a thousand bucks to wear a 49ers? He's like, I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Like they're so Hmm. loyal. I mean, it's extreme example, but they want to be counted on. They want to be um, a person, they, they go to great lengths to prove that they can be counted on and trustworthy, but secretly they want to know, can I trust you? Are you going to let me down? Um, so they want to build trust, feel secure and be counted on type sevens. They're energetic, spontaneous, future oriented. Their key motivation is to experience, to be taken care of, to have multiple options. So you don't want to make a seven feel trapped. You don't want to take away their options. Um, And so if you're, and you know the ones where they sell the sizzle, not the steak, that would be the example between a a five and a seven with a five, you would want to sell the steak. Like, Hey, this is a steak. It's, you know, this is the protein, but the seven, they're the ones that get really into the experience of it. Like, Hey, what's it going to feel like when you have this home and there's a party out back and you're grilling the the steaks and you're, and it's going to be amazing. And, um, they're big picture, super fast thinkers, but they're really underneath it all is a sense of anxiety. And, um, so again, each one has kind of a positive and a negative. You don't want to make them feel trapped. One, one quick note about the type fives, you know, we're, we're trained in sales to like get to know the customer. Where are you from? Uh, tell me about your family. A type five is very uncomfortable with giving out information. Everything's on a need to know basis. So, if I have a type five, I get really specific, give them tons of information, and I require no information from them. I don't try to extract information or, like, where are you from? Oh, where are your kids? That's not endearing to them. It's a major turnoff. Um, and it increases their anxiety. All right, eight, nine, and one. Any questions about the, the head triad? Mm-mm. Keep going. All right, eight, nines, and one. So, eights. Nines and ones are in the body center. They're in the gut, and they're dealing with anger or control. It's a sense of control. Let me put it that way, okay? Eights try to control their outer world. Type ones are trying to control or restrain their inner world, and type nines kind of disconnect from um, their emotions to keep the peace. So if you'll notice, the ones in the center, so there's three, six, and nine. Those are in the disconnection triad, I call it. So Again, threes disconnect from themselves to achieve whatever the group wants. Uh, Sixes disconnect from themselves and identify with a group, and nines disconnect from themselves to uh, to keep the peace and kind of they merge with other humans. Uh, I know I'm covering a lot of information. My my goal right now is not to do a comprehensive enneagram course, but to just get you like interested. And like you said, Molly, like as I'm talking, people will come into mind like, oh my gosh, that sounds like Joe or whatever. Confrontational. They like. Conflict. Type eights like conflict. They're decisive. They're they want to be in control. So I like to say eights are like snowplows. They're awesome to be behind. They're not too great to be ahead of them, right? Um they're super (laughs) tough, like they're tough human beings. Like they feel they think that they're actually bigger than they actually are. They tend to to even injure themselves because it's like, oh, I'll move that piece of furniture by myself. Um, but they're ultimately in their in their heart of hearts. They're very vulnerable, they're loving, caring, and they're actually protectors. They see themselves as protectors of the innocent. But do not try to control a type eight. You ever you ever seen, you know, you got to control the sale. You ever heard that ever? Oh, of course. Yeah, not with an eight. If you try to control right. an eight, they're like, okay, bring it. Let's <laughs> this, I was waiting for this. They like conflict because it brings things through the surface. They do not like hidden information. If you withhold information from a type eight, they, they do not like that. So if you have an issue with them, just be totally upfront, tell them everything. Um, let them be in control. I like to, I like to tell an eight, if I'm working with an eight, Hey, look, you direct me, what do you want to do next? And I give them short, quick answers to the point. A great quote for a type eight would be, don't build me a clock. Tell me what time it is. Yep. So they love getting to the point type nines. Everybody loves type nines, right? (laughs) Um, because, hey, where do you want to go to eat? I don't care, wherever you want to go. Where do you want to go? Uh, And they're just, they're there, but they're not there. They kind of disappear. They're And they're as a child, they felt like there was not room for their emotions. So they harmonize with other people. They merge with other humans. They're easygoing and they're agreeable. They're very comfortable to be around. Uh, they want to avoid conflict. They want to be comfortable. They want to have peace. So obviously, if you're working with a, you know, a nine they they, they, could so everybody loves them as a customer like i'm working with this customer they're so nice i love these people but they never make a decision because they're kind of disconnected from their emotions they can kind of fall into sloth if they're not careful because a lot of energy is derived from emotions and if i disconnect from my emotions it's easier for me to kind of go along to go with the flow um If you're friends with a type nine, it's like, I love this person. Like, wherever I want to go, they want to go, but they can become passive aggressive. So sometimes we really want to know where they want to go, you know? So, where do you want to eat? I don't. So, they're uh, a nine would be interested in in a home that's quiet, that's peaceful, that's serenity, that's, you know, so any kind of conflict they don't do well, they'll withdraw from you. So, again, nine, uh, one is the perfectionist. They stay. Oh, we didn't do one. Let's go back to one. So, sorry, sorry, we started at two. So, type one, <laughs> any questions on the type nine, Molly or Matt? Nope. Okay. Mm-mm. So, type nine, type one is the perfectionist. And uh, they can look, they're like, their lives are being bombarded by imperfections. They can look at a. So, if you say, oh my gosh, I found you the perfect house, tell that to a type one. You'll see them kind of smirk like, show it to me. <laughs> They will find imperfection everywhere. And and so you never want to say that. Like, actually, if I'm working with a type one, I'll say stuff like, look, no home is perfect, but we're relentless about improving. And that's what a one wants to hear. They know nothing's perfect because they see imperfection everywhere and they're always trying to reform or perfect. Um, the downside is nothing is ever perfect. It's like the noon sun. Once it hits noon, then it's one o'clock and then two o'clock and then it changes so they're often very frustrated. They feel angry and resentful, but they don't show it. If you're around one, you say, are you angry? And like, I'm not angry. But you could tell they're tense. Um, and anyway, so they're often, as a child, they were often had to grow up kind of fast and be mature and good. So whereas a, a type two wants to feel loved, three wants to be successful, a type one wants to feel like they're righteous or good or ultimately perfect. So that's kind of a quick, super surface level uh, of the type nine. Any questions on those?
2: No, I, I do have a comment, though. So for me, I'm sure like many of our listeners, you know, there are pieces of each that that you relate to. And and I definitely had a good idea of which one I was. Um But then I learned about the wings and I think that that's important because, um, because of how the Enneagram works. Do you mind sharing a little bit about what the wings, how that works?
0: And so let me also, besides just talking about the core motivations, like, okay, type ones want to be, uh, they have a need to be right. A type two has a need to be needed. Threes have a need to achieve. Fours have a need for being unique, special, different. Fives have a need to know. Uh, sixes have a need for support. Sevens have a need to experience. Eights have a need to be against. Like it's almost like I have an eight son. No matter what I come up with, he's going to pick the opposite side and argue it, you know? And uh, nines have a a need to avoid. But the Enneagram, so Enneagram is dynamic. Besides just talking about the core motivations, it's dynamic. So um, just like through life, Today, I might be feeling really healthy and secure. Tomorrow, I might feel insecure. Uh, I might be happy one day and sad the other. Well, the Enneagram is dynamic in its approach. So it's called integration and disintegration or security and insecurity. But let's take a type eight. A type eight who goes into the world wanting to be strong, to be seen as decisive and competent and um, in control. But deep down, they want that when they're uh, feeling secure, they actually move toward the positive side of two. So they they look like a two. I, I think we might, Molly, I think you might be an eight. Am I correct? I am. Well, I think you're a healthy eight because when I met with you, I'm like, you feel like a two, but I just couldn't. But then I was thinking it was a one and it was, it was hard. But, but anyway, eights, um, when they're feeling secure, move to the healthy side of two and they use their powers for good. They, um, for, to protect people and to, to, to be a helper, but they do it with a lot of power and do it with strength.
1: Mo- Molly, make sure you use your powers for good. <laughs> Matt, you
0: too, man. And, and when an eight feels insecure, they move to kind of the negative side of nine of five. So they kind of withdraw. Um, and they, they feel like, Hey, I'm not winning right now. I, I heard a podcaster, I think was saying like, think of like a general in battle, like they're, they're winning the battle, but now all of a sudden I'm losing the battle, so I need to go back in the bunker. So an eight will kind of go back in the bunker. But typically, they're like going to study strategy, and then they come back up at eight and start winning again. But anyway, the point is, is that each type, and this is obviously maybe another episode or just some self-study, has a direction they go to in health or unhealth or integration and disintegration. If you look at the Enneagram, it's a graph of nine. And there's numbers to the right and left of each type. So let's take eight for the example. And eight is next to nine or eight is next to seven. Think of eight as like scrambled eggs. And then you have salt and pepper on each side, right? And like, you might have a little bit more salt or you might have a little bit more pepper. I've heard that analogy. I think that's the Ian Morgan Crone. What I like to do is think of it as a sun and a moon, right? A, hot, a warm side and a cool side. So um, let's take eight. Eight with a seven wing is kind of like a more fiery eight. It's an eight who's super enthusiastic, uh, super high energy. An eight with a nine wing, it kind of cools off the eight. It kind of blunts their their sharp edges and makes them a little bit more smooth.
2: I have to interrupt you for a second because you're talking about me and Matt right now. So Matt and I are very similar, but we're (laughs) also very different. We are both eights, but Matt's wing is a seven and my wing is a nine.
0: Yeah. And it's, listen, I have no idea how this works or why. And part of my fascination and my obsession with it is like, okay, am I being brainwashed right now? Like, okay. And I'm like, okay, okay, let me test this. I keep testing it and testing it. And just like with you, like I can sense, okay, this isn't like an eight, but there's a cooler side of eight. I actually thought you were the one Molly when I, you know, just from the outside observing. Right. And, and again, it's not for me to type because It has to do with motivations, and I don't know if you're being healthy or unhealthy. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 fascinating.
1: So for me, what's really interesting is you know my eight is almost my eight and three are almost proportionately the same.
0: Okay, let's break that down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's break
1: it down. Okay. Because you've seen my you've seen my assessment.
0: No, let me talk. Let me talk about assessments. Unfortunately, as humans, we're born on the wrong side of our eyeballs. I think Mike Moore said right. that, in a thing, and I've, I've taken it from him, but it's a uh, we're born in the wrong, so we don't see what we don't see, right? So, when you're taking the test, and also a lot of times we're playing a role, like maybe for an organization or in our family, you know? So, um, so, that being said, a lot of times it's good for the spouse, like Matt, it might be good for your wife to take the test because it'll be like, oh, for sure. I've had a lot of people go, well, oh, I'm like that, and then the wife or the husband's like, "Uh, no, for sure you're like that." No, I'm not. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, you are. You know, and they can see things that we can't see. The other thing is, is again, a lot of us are. We have egos. I have a big ego, you know. I, Matt, you don't, but most most of us do. I'm just saying. But we <laughs> we all no, there's
1: there's plenty of egos. <laughs> okay. We
0: all have egos. Okay, so when we're asking a question, it's like, well, I mean, it's so easy to. Uh, I'll give you an example. There was a person who was trying to apply for a sales position and the company I worked for was like, "Quinn, can you figure out their Enneagram? I said, sure. So I'm asking questions, but every question I asked, it was like, of course I want to do things right, right. I have to do things right. I shoot for perfection. Oh, love is the most important thing. Oh, I want set big goals. But like, no matter what I answered, it was like the right answer for that type because she was trying to be the perfect little candidate. you know. But I, there is no... Does that make sense? So a lot of times we'll, we'll answer like what is what we think is the valuable answer versus who we really are,
2: like how you want to be seen. It's like, so the, like yes. So it, like it, they when they study why people buy a Prius, it's not because they want to save the environment. It's because nope. of they want to be someone who is seen as someone who wants to make a good decision and and care about the environment.
1: Yes. So the, this is an interesting thing. So I think and so uh, Quint, you and I talked. I told you about this briefly, but so. My wife and I do for our church, we do some marriage mentoring for young couples that are getting ready to get married or couples that have recently gotten married and they just need somebody to help, kind of help talk them through some of the nuances of newly, you know, being newly married and all those things that come with it. Right. And so and go, to go into this program, you have to take, you know, to get enrolled into it, you have to take a, a marriage. yeah. Essentially, it's not Enneagram, but it's a test. It's a personality Uh, test you and your spouse take. Um, And then Amy, my wife and I, we had to take it when we started the being mentors. And what's interesting about I think any of these assessments are depending on where you're at in your life, sometimes those can change, right? Like how you, how you score yourself or how you, I should say score yourself, but how you answer some of these questions can vary depending on where you're at, where your head's at in that point of your life. And that's something that we always really emphasize to couples that we're meeting with and, 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 and going through things with is like, Hey, this is when you took the test, this is where you landed today. But it can vary a little bit, right? And and kind of where you are in, in you know in life as a whole. Do you do you see the same thing? Do you agree with that?
0: Yes. And let me also say that we're the most ourselves at about age nineteen. So if you're going through a test, okay, um, you want to pretend like you're nineteen years old, that because that's kind of like the most raw self. We're you know we're in between. We're, that's-
1: that's really dangerous. I'm like,
2: I, I kind of sucked at 19. Like, I don't know if I want to be my 19-year-old oh, self.
0: <laughs> well, let me, let me go back to Let me think. So uh, the Enneagram is not really to tell us how wonderful we are. It's actually very, it's very, very self-revealing and almost vulnerable because it's like, oh, shoot. Like, I've seen a lot of type twos, for example. Like, I'm in a group and then they kind of withdraw and they're like, oh, shoot, because their game has been exposed. Does that make sense? It's like- Wait a minute! You're not like this super altruistic, loving person. Like you're trying to make me love you by meeting my need into this this little crafty, uh, strategic. It's like whoa! And then they they actually don't. I've had a, one type two in a class I was giving. They're like, I don't really like it because now I'm worried that people are going to question. You know, when I'm bringing them cookies or whatever. You know, um,
1: it, right. Well, I take let's let's have some fun. Let's uh, because. One of the things that you talked to me, that you told me about was how, you know, you gave your talk at the, uh, at the sales rally and you mentioned that, you know, you went, obviously you've got this big audience in front of you. So this is where we're taking this and applying this to either the audience that you have in front of you. Okay, yeah. And so you said, Hey, I didn't, obviously there's going to be a bunch of people in the crowd. I don't know everybody. I don't know who's going to be in the audience. And you're like, I basically covered in my talk, I hit something for each different person type of personality one through nine on the rung. So, and I thought that was brilliant. Um, So let's, let's do this in a real world example. Um, You know, I, like I said, at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the segment, I, I took the full, that took the test Molly and I both have, but I sent it to you. My full blown, my full blown assessment, Enneagram assessment, Let's maybe you can analyze that. We can kind of talk through about that a little bit, but also the whole purpose of that is knowing the type of personality that I am looking at that assessment. How would you gear you know, an interaction with me as a sales professional, I'm the customer knowing what you know about me, how would you gear your presentation, your talk, your interaction with that personality?
0: Let let me go through all nine types and let me just say this. So I'm covering all this stuff and everybody's probably listening going, oh my gosh, this is so confusing. Like how, how am I supposed to even type people? Okay. Sometimes I'm able to type somebody like just when they come in. Right. And I'm just like, I can just sense it. Right. And I might be wrong, but I, I had a pretty good sense I could be accurate, but I still might be wrong. So here's the takeaway. And this is one of my secrets. Okay. I sell to every single type. So in my presentation, we should all have a sales presentation. Like, let's take an example, XYZ builders. We do things right. We believe that, you know, no home is perfect, but we're relentless about improving things. Which type am I speaking to right there? Matt. Uh, golly, what is it? Is it a, uh, a two? The, no, is it's the, the type it one. I do things right. We're always you know, seeking for perfection. Okay. You know? okay. okay. So I'm going to go through each type and I'm gonna make it real easy because it's going to go one through nine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, we're sensitive to the customer's needs. We realize, that gosh, families today have so many needs and we, let me show you, you know, how we are caring, concerned for the customer and to meet those needs, which type am I focusing on right there? The type two, right? The The right. helper. The type three, look, we have an award winning reputation. We have, this is the type of people that are living here. You know, we're a little bit more expensive. This is a prestigious product. This is the top end. You know, type three, we do things different. Type, this is, I'm, I'm speaking to the type four, okay? Um, each home is a unique creation, it's an outward expression. We put a lot of emotion and thought into it. We've re- thoroughly researched our product. Type five. Type six, we have a team that you can count on. You know, we have a warranty. And I want to, and I only say these things if they're true. If I don't have a great warranty, I'm not going to talk about it. But hopefully you do. And then you want to talk about it because that will resonate with the type six, the team that you have. If your home, if you have an amazing experience in your home, which all of us should, it's a brand new home, talk about the experience that will resonate with type seven. Eights are always trying to challenge the status quo, trying to, you know, disrupt. And, you know, they're the game changer kind of people, they're the disruptors. So, to a type eight, I might say something like, Look, there's a lot of mediocrity in the home building industry. Our job is to challenge the status quo, and I'll show you what we're doing. You know, sometimes you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. And here's what we're doing. And then just talk about that, give them direct answers. Nine, talk about the community, the peace, the serenity, the noise reduction capabilities. So, let's go back to the, the sales rally talk. Okay. At the end of my talk, I hit every type. And if you remember, I said, Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to have a process. I want you to always be improving. Matter of fact, I want you to shoot for perfection. I'm speaking to the type ones in the audience. But don't lose the love that you have for this industry, for the your coworkers, for, and most importantly for the customer. Now I'm directing it to the type two. Now I've talked to type three. I want you to have goals, goals that are so big that you're almost embarrassed to share them with other people. But now I'm speaking to the type four. Do not lose your true, authentic, beautiful self. You know, we want you to, we want to, you know, see exactly who you are. Type fives. I want you to research your product as though you're studying for your master's degree. That you're, you know, trying to become a scientist. That's the type five. But number six. But be a team player. Don't hoard your secrets. Be be a, be loyal to the group, to the team. Now I'm going to talk to this type, to the type seven. Infuse joy into what you do. Uh, joy and happiness and into what you do now, number eight, but don't be afraid to take on hard things to take on big challenges and then type nine. But above all, you know, be a person that brings other humans together. Unfortunately, we live in a disconnected, dysfunctional, discorded world. Be a person that harmonizes, that brings humans together. Now that was at the end of my talk. And my goal was to unite and bring everybody together. Um, do you, you know, like there, uh, uh, Mary was actually at her talk, her, the end point was, I am, the, I am enough. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Yep. Now that would speak to type twos, threes, and fours. I mean, it really speaks to all of us in a sense, but it's not like the main driving force. But if you want to reach all of them, what you would do is say, I am enough. That's for two, threes, and fours. Worried about their identity. Like, am I loving enough? Am I successful? Am I unique? No, I'm enough a good message for five, six, and seven is there is enough. Like You're going to have a hard time selling a type five because they're going to want to research it a little bit more. Uh, Sixes are going to bring one more family member in. Sevens are going to be like, well, is this enough? What if there's another one around the corner in the future? I don't want to be trapped. No, no, no. There is enough Um, five, six, and sevens. And then eight, nines, and ones, they don't struggle with either of those things. As a whole, they struggle with, am I doing enough? So... Uh, eights, nines, and ones, have I done enough? You've done enough. So I am enough, there is enough, and I've done enough. So if you want to hit the full spectrum, that's how you would do it there. Let me also tell you a secret. I've become very good at writing. Now I'm probably going to get hit with people asking me to nominate them for stuff. But when I nominate <laughs> people for like an award, they win. I mean, I've, I did 40 under 40. I got a guy up 40 under 40. I got him the one to watch with Anya Chrysanthian. She won gold. Michael... Flores, he won gold for national sales rookie of the year, um, silver for sales manager. And now what I do
2: bragging, Quint.
0: I'm bragging, but let me tell you what I do. I don't know who the man I don't know who the judges are. And every judge has a different motivation. Okay. So here's what I do. Like, for instance, a type three wants to know like how many homes did you sell? Are you a top sales person? Are you a performer? A type four is not so much worried about that. They want to know are you a real human being? Are you authentic? Um, A type one doesn't care how many homes you can say, I sold 300 homes and a one is not impressed at all. They want to know, do you do things right? Right? So in my nominating, like if I were nominating Molly for something, I would say Molly does things right. Here's an example. Molly is sensitive to the needs of other people and is caring human being. Here's an example. Molly sets huge goals and hits them. And here's her awards. Type four, Molly does things different. Type five, Molly is. Constantly and relentlessly researching the product, but a Type Six one doesn't care about all that. They want to: know, Are you a team player? Are you loyal? Can you be counted on? Uh, type Seven wants to know: Look, is this a fun? Per-? You know, are you a person that um, makes it an amazing experience? Are you having fun? You know, that's like uh, even. And then the Type Eights: Hey, are you taking on challenges? What are you? You know. And then Type Nines: Are you a peacemaker? So each one has a different motivation. So in my nominating, I will try to in full truth, not, I, I I mean, tell how Molly hits all nine points. Does that make sense?
2: I love it. It's a great strategy. And I love hearing about the rally and how you closed it um, in a way that connects with everyone. I do have one question for do you. I- do you feel that sales professionals in our industry, because of the nature of sales, tend to be one o- type over another? Like it, I would think that, we would have a lot of achievers in our industry. Is that right?
0: Yes. Um, you will have a lot of achievers you'll have, uh, go ahead.
2: And then my second question is it also would seem as though to have a healthy balance of people in your life, you really should have representation of all nine in your life. Is that right?
0: Well, yeah. And okay. For the sales rally talk, um, and the big concern with everybody was like, Quint, Quint, you can't wing this. Don't try to wing this. You know what I mean? Like, this is not amateur hour, Quint. Like, moment. <laughs> because, because people look at me and, and like I'm always smiling, always joking, but sevens can be relentless. They can they have a kind of a, a a serious side to them, right? Um uh uh but when I would go through each talk, I would ask specific people certain things. And I would get feedback on the talk. For instance, I have a type 1 and they're very critical. Type 1s are like, they'll find little nitpicky things like, well, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right. But they give great advice. Great advice. Um, My type 4 friends, I I would express things to them and they would say like, oh, you know what? Emotionally, this is what you're communicating. They're like superpowers when it comes to the... The real emotional response to whatever it is. Um, type threes are outstanding about the group's response. Um, Matt, the other podcast you talked about Jason Forrest and how he uh, gave really good advice to me. And I trust a three. If a three says, look, the group is going to respond like this, They're, like they can read a group like a supercomputer and know how to perform yeah. to the group. It was little things like button your thing, get, you know, and you even talked like get straight into the story. So each one has a different angle that they're going to, a seven will listen to your speech and at the end. They're like, you know, that was, that was kind of boring. <laughs> right?
2: That's you. So you think other people's speeches are boring.
0: No, 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 no. But what, what the point is, is that if you want to get advice, like how do I make my speech more fun? You would talk to a seven. If you say, how do I make it deeper research? You talk to a five. If you want to know, like, is it done right? Is it, you know, a type one will pick apart, if you want to know the emotional response, you talk to a four. If you want to know what the group's response is, talk to a three. So I strategically would practice and get feedback from different angles of the group to see, you know, whatever I needed advice for. So each one has a superpower and a kryptonite. Each one, um, uh, you know, it, it, it reveals um, the strategy that we have going through life. You know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating study.
2: It really is fascinating. And I think um, everyone who's listening should be interested. And we would love to hear from you as you, you know, listen to this, which one you think you are, if you want to go ahead and and take the assessment yourself, we would love to have a discussion on Facebook about it. Um, Quint, you are, again, so passionate, and it comes across and I think a lot of people don't, you know, you are so fun, and you are such the adventurer, but you're you put, you put the work in and you put the thought in, and I think it shows just in how you study humans and human behavior. So if all of us could have a fraction of that, I think we would be better versions of ourselves.
0: Yeah. And and back to like being a seven, like, I hope I made it fun. I hope I made it exciting. That's like a type seven, what they want to do. There's some really good resources. Um, and it depends on what, like there's the Enneagram of parenting, if you want that for parenting, um, there is, the Enneagram Institute is a great resource. Um, Their, uh, your Enneagram coach, Beth McCord, has a good one. So it's more of a spiritual aspect of it. She's got some good programs, even for marriage. Um, gosh, who is the, it's on the top of my head. We'll share
2: all the links you want to share. Yeah, I'll
0: give you some extra ones, but there's some, there's Enneagram in business, a book, uh, gosh, what is her name Anyway, but there's a whole bunch, there's a, people are realizing that, like back to the the start with why. If you can start with why, it 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 will, uh, you know, revolutionize your whole business and everything. But what are the whys? And that's where the enneagram will give you a roadmap to understand the nine core motivations of other humans. So use your powers for good. Study it. Have fun with it. And um, I, I would love to have some feedback on on, on the All results. Ahead.
1: Oh yeah, no, I agree. I I think that. This is uh, I honestly we could have probably broken this down into like almost like a two part series because you can and maybe we might have to have you back on to kind of go into it as well you know based on some of the feedback we get from listeners I'm sure that people. Uh, and just will be fascinated by the different ways that you can utilize it. And I think that you you obviously can tell that you've spent, you, you mentioned it, you spent, you've spent the last five years studying it and understanding it better, which is why it's led to your, you know, having such great success and selling homes and, you know, just in general as a whole, being a, a good human being. I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's always fascinating and can tell just your passion for it just is so apparent coming through, coming through the the interwebs. It's even so apparent of the, of the passion you have for it. Matt, thank, thank you so much. Gwen. My pleasure.
0: I just wanted to say you guys this. I see a lot in our business, unfortunately, a lot of burnout and a lot of rust out. And, and I think if we can, with well, the Enneagram for me has just opened up a whole new chapter. It's infused like life and fun into my job. And like people are just fascinating to me. So it's almost like they come in, I'm no longer offended by like, you know, the type eight who comes in and wants to be in control. I just let them be in control, the type five who wants to constantly research my product, or the six who brings in another family member for reinforcement. It's just given me um appreciation, understanding, empathy, and love for the customer. It's made my job more fun. It's helped me in my marriage. My I could tell you so many fun stories just about being a parent. So I encourage, you know, uh I, I would encourage everybody just to get into it and study it. Spend the time. It's not easy. It'll take some some time, but it's worth it.
1: Yeah, no, it's amazing. And I really appreciate it. It's it's unbelievably insightful and packed with information. This is definitely one of those episodes where if you're, as most people listen to podcasts or driving down the road or running on the treadmill or whatever it is that they're doing, that's kind of active and they're passively listening They're going to want to go back home or to their desk and and jot down some notes or better yet, chime into the Facebook group and ask Quint some questions on the Enneagram. So it'll be, it'll be really exciting to see, uh, people interact with this. So really well done and really greatly appreciate you coming on and spending, spending your, your time with us today and and sharing, sharing your knowledge.
0: Thanks. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're developing a website, Enneagramcoach.com and, uh, we'll be building that out as well so i was going to give you a
2: personalized um thank you of saying thank you quint you are so much fun you have so much energy and we really appreciate you sharing with us today
0: molly you're the best appreciate both (laughs) of you very much thanks quint